Lingua Britannica is a podcast that uses ethnographic interviews to study language use in the extreme metal community. We are studying a music scene known for its love of themes and topics generally considered offensive, and it is likely that some episodes will touch on topics or opinions some listeners may find tasteless or ethically problematic. Ethnographic researchers aim to adopt the interviewee's point of view so that we can draw out and study the attitudes, beliefs, and practices that are important to them. We want to make it clear that in presenting these conversations here, we do not endorse any of their content. Our aim is to explore the thought processes behind language use in this long-running international and yet understudied scene. Hi everyone, you're listening to Lingua Italica, hosted by me, Jess Benny-Smith, and my co-host, Wes Robertson. Hello. And tonight we're talking with Stace and Stu of Blindfolded and Led to the Woods, who are based in Christchurch, New Zealand. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, How thanks for being with us today. No worries. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this is a first. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah, so usually we start off these interviews just by asking um, our guests to describe their music for a listener who potentially never heard of uh, Blindfold and Led to the Woods. Throw it off, Stu. Okay. Well, I guess we're, we're a uh, avant-garde, uh, progressive, technical, uh, blackened death metal band. Uh, <laughs> people find it. I think really that's hard. the most labels we've ever got. A lot of adjectives. <laughs> people find it really hard to kind of pigeonhole us into a genre. Um, so, you know, we're just kind of rolling with uh, some of those kind of key words that people have been using. So <laughs> it keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah. <laughs> you personally like right. uh, have a preference, or do you not really care what the labels are? Oh, I, for, for me, I, I kind of like the fact that people uh, kind of make up their own mind in, in, in a way, I guess. Um, you know, for, for me, that kind of uh, shows that they're listening intently, I guess. Yeah. Does it make it harder, though, to find like listeners or fans if you don't fall into like one neat category? Uh, I think, well, in, in today's day and age, I, I don't think it, it does matter, really. Um, you know, there, there's so many sh- subgenres in metal now that it's it's quite insane. So you know, if you dig it, then sweet, and you can call it what you want. <laughs> I think that we've definitely sort of um, come into our age on our latest record. So um, I really feel like we'll, we've found our market, mm. um, and and there are specific areas of uh, social media um, that. Uh, sort of specifically digging our new stuff more than other places, um, and and those those places uh, are defined by the the sort of subgenres and sub labels that they give it. So mm. um, I, I've definitely noticed that with our most recent work, anyway. You mentioned this is uh, this is sort of a change. Do you think that uh, you know metal in the past was a bit more strict genre divides and things are kind of bleeding? Is this something you've seen change over the last few years? I think so. Yeah, I think um, you know, as as it's evolved, um, there's so much has happened with the with the music in general. Like you know, what used to just be a death metal band is now like a slamming death metal band, or, or a 
you know, a, a brutal death metal band or a blackened death metal band, whatever it may be. But, you know, as, as it's evolved, I guess people have taken their favorite parts of different genres and mm. kind of combined them. And then you get these kind of crazy things that, and pe- people, Hybrids. I guess they want to be able to define it, you know, so. Mm. Mm. So can you tell us a bit about how you first got into metal and what attracted you to the style to begin with? Um, yeah, for me, sure. Um, when I was uh, a teenager, I was listening to a lot of um, hip hop. I was about 13 and I was listening to a lot of hip hop. Um, and I suddenly came across the band uh, Limp Biscuit, which obviously everyone knows, but uh, it was it was the crossover of hip hop and like, you know, hard rock, heavy sort of metal rock. And uh, that fascinated me. Um, I thought, well, why not have both? Because um, my dad was a bit of a rocker and he, I think, would prefer that I wasn't listening to as much hip hop. So I sort of like, I was covering both bases with that uh, and then just fell into the rabbit hole um, via those early new metal bands um, mm. and then fell into more and more extreme styles. Mm. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I, I started playing guitar when I was like nine and I think um, I just constantly was chasing a heavier and harder thing to play Mm. which naturally just led to metal um, starting you know learning what a drop tuning is for for a start and thinking oh that sounds pretty cool (laughs) and uh, you know learning about bands like System of a Down and things like that and then like like Stace said it's so it's so you fall down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden you're listening to heavier and heavier things and you're kind of like chasing chasing that high of finding that next heavier thing. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the new metal to extreme metal pipeline uh, was something that a lot of people around our age kind of yeah mm. yeah absolutely because uh, it, it wasn't just me it was like all of my friends at the time as well we all fell down the the same uh, rabbit hole there <laughs> So did you kind of was it was it a social thing too? Like you'd all kind of move from band to band as, as sort of a group instead of by yourself, or was it? Did you sort of outpace your friends as you got into extreme metal and they stayed with new metal? Or I totally lost friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But, yeah, know, I also I gained a lot of friends as well. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I found it at high school. Um, you know, music because I was never the sporty kid. You know, I, mm. I wasn't. I wasn't out on the field playing sports. I was in the music room and uh, and trying to learn to play the drums. And uh, certainly, it was it was definitely a social thing. Like if you liked particular bands, then you were this kind of person. And you know, it was it was a defining thing. And as a teenager, I think um, me and at least my friend group, we we put so much. Um, we, well, we probably poured so much um, time and attention into that, and it, uh, I, I certainly learned to grow grow out of that sort of judgment um, side of things that occurred at high school. But um, but it was formative anyway. Mm. Mm. And was there anything about like the lyrical content? As you both said that you know, obviously the music attracted you to metal first. But um, yeah, was there anything ever about the lyrical content of metal that attracted you to the genre? Yeah, I I always would uh, buy actual CDs, you know, because that was a thing that you would do. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, 
you know, I would love having the booklet and going through the booklet. Like I remember getting my first uh, Nile CD and Nile's one of my, my absolute all time favorite bands. And I just couldn't believe it because in this booklet, it was the album Annihilation of the Wicked. You had uh, the, the lyrics of each song, but then, you know, Carl Sanders had also written like a, a literal essay about each song. So the booklet was massive. And not only did you have the lyrics, but you were learning about Egyptian mythology and all this like crazy stuff that was going on. And, and I always just found that fascinating. Also bands like Pig Destroyer, who, mm. you know, they're a, a, such an extreme like grind band, but you read their lyrics and they're really like beautiful and poetic. And I think that that's mm. something that I always personally wanted to aspire to with, with our lyrics. Mm. Um, yeah. You had Sanders on your uh, recent album, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, both Stace and I have some framed lyrics uh, from Carl that we both have now. Um, uh, mm. Both got a different song each, but um, the actual lyrics they used uh, while in the studio, so and the, he signed them and stuff. Really, really genuinely amazing dude. Lovely, lovely guy. <laughs> like, 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 on a, on a, like a notebook paper kind of thing? No, nah, it's like on like papyrus, you know. <laughs> it's oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> wow, man, it's yeah, it's, it's papyrus. <laughs> oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah. And Stace, how about you? Um, this this might sound a little strange, and I'm not sure if this is what you guys were after tonight, mm. but I've always, uh, specifically with metal, I've always thought of the vocalist. Uh, as being an instrument uh-huh. and and even though I've listened to um, death metal, extreme metal, black metal, um, all the genres that have the sort of almost unintelligible um, sort of vocalized vocalizations um, the the lyrics I, I didn't really care too much for them. <laughs> I didn't care I didn't care to read them. I didn't buy CDs too much. I didn't look at all the lyrics in the in the songs, what I liked about it was listening to the vocals coming through as a separate instrument, um, as amongst it. But mm. that's not to say that I do not appreciate good lyrics, mm. and it's um, it's not to say that I don't appreciate writing them either. Mm. Has that has that changed any at all since you started writing lyrics, or do you still mainly consider it to be a, an instrument? Um, I would say I'm both now. Yeah. I appreciate um, uh, good lyrics when when I do find some lyrics for another band, for instance, that uh, that I'll sit down and read. Um, probably because uh, I've emotionally matured, and so I'll try and like, you know, I'll try and see and hear where where people are coming from with their lyrics. Whereas I might not have been sort of mature enough to to really take it into consideration um, before now. Yeah. Mm. So this actually kind of links to the. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the one question we just asked is that have, has your feelings about metal um, and kind of metalness, et cetera, changed over the years? Do you both think? Is that like, do, do you feel that you engage with the genre differently now than when you did say when you first started playing? A hundred percent. You know, the things that made me tick when I was younger would be, you know, what's the most offensive thing I can find? <laughs> what, what's the most disgusting thing I can find? Like, you know, there's so much of that in metal. And especially like back in the day, I think, you know, bands, you know, like early Cannibal Corpse and mm-hmm. um, some of that really like ultra brutal stuff. 
um, that now I look back on and, and I kind of, you know, I guess there's a space for it, but for me now it doesn't, um, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. Uh, I, as Stay said, you know, I guess we matured a whole lot and now like, you know, back in the day I used to try to look up and, 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 I looked up to those kind of lyrics and now I look, I'm like, that is just disgusting. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't say things like that. Um, but as a teenager, you know, it was kind of like, you know, like I said earlier, like chasing that high, but, but now for me, it's more about kind of uh, expressing, you know, some of the things that I've been through and, and real life experiences and, um, you know, hoping that someone out there might read our lyrics and kind of, um, relate to them in some way um mm. you know we've been through some crazy shit here in christchurch mm. and and i think like you know i i would love it if our music touched people and they connected it uh, to it and and it helped them in some way you know i just just do you feel the same like similar changes yeah absolutely um but even even if i look at you know we've we've released three albums and one ep and even looking back at uh sort of 10 years ago when we were doing our EP and our first album, the lyrics back then, you know, I, I, I can, I can look back and be um, like, I can look back and laugh. I can look back and cringe. I can look back and be happy um, with, with some of the things that I've written, but I really think that um, we'll, we've sort of come into our, come into our footing with, with our most recent stuff. Um, and I think that Stu and I have both put a bit more time and attention into um, um, the purpose of of our lyrics, mm. and uh, and we hope that that's sort of felt as well um, from from the listener or reader. Mm. So, based on this kind of shift in your perspective on uh, you know how to write good metal lyrics, um, has this affected, I suppose, your own kind of personal definitions of what metal music is? Yeah, that's a really hard question because I, I don't think I'm in a position to really define what metal music is. It's so vast and so varied. Everyone's going to tell you a different answer to that, I think. And mm. uh, and I mean, there's the shifts in my perspective on <clears throat> uh, metal lyrics uh, from my, from a personal writer's perspective. Um, I don't think have any bearing on on what metal is as a as a whole. Um, maybe that's because I'm just thinking in a, in a silo there. I'm, I'm not maybe imagining what our effect on metal as a genre <laughs> um, actually is or has been. But yeah, that's that's a difficult question. I don't really know. You have a definition of metal, Stu? I mean, yeah, I don't really have a definition of metal either. I, like, uh, I think Stace is the same. Like, we we both have such a huge like spectrum of music that we listen to as well. Um, you know, metal's, metal's one facet of our personality, but I guess, you know, in, in one way, when I was young, like, reading a lyric about, you know, zombies coming to kill people and, like, you know, cannibalism and stuff <laughs> made me excited. Now it's kind of spun the opposite way and writing lyrics about my life and, and um, you know, being here and experiencing consciousness and songs about kind of being alive is now what makes me tick so i guess in a way it's kind of gone 180 you mm. know what what metal means to me now is a lot different to what it meant to me as a kid i as a kid a, a lot of it was probably like i want to 
you know, I want to express myself in, in, in a way that people like cannot ignore, you know, mm. um, big prints on t-shirts of people just being like mutilated <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know that's that's crazy now you know now i i i really like the artistic side of it more than the sort of horror side of it i guess mm. so given the variation that you both identified in what you know metal can be would you say that metal is distinguishable still from other genres or is it i suppose a little bit too hard to pin down and separate from those other genres you mentioned i think there's some fundamental like aspects to it that are unchanging for instance metal i think is always going to have um distorted guitars and it's always going to have drums and it's always going to have you know aggression i think aggression is um is um you know a fundamental to, to metal um and it's also, I think maybe um, it's it's about giving the finger to the mainstream a bit as well. Mm. Yeah, I think like there's a few things that will that will always be um, fundamental to metal because uh, yeah, if if there are no fundamentals, then it's like you say, it's it's hard to um, put your finger on it. Mm. Is there anything fundamental to metal lyrics? Like, are there, is it possible to write lyrics that aren't metal if the music is metal? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think that, that, you know, there are some songs that on our, on our new album that I look at the lyrics and I definitely don't see a metal song, you know, mm. at, at all. Mm. Um, but, you know, when it's paired with the music, it totally makes sense. Um, so mm. going back to a band like Pig Destroy, you know, then when, when you're looking at basically like poetry mm. and then when it's paired with the aggressive music, it does kind of make sense. So I, it, yeah, it, it's cool because metal has come into its own and it's now actually like a viable, huge global like thing that has connected people in it. And it's massive. You look at a festival like Vakken and you've got a hundred thousand people or whatever, you know, back in the day, that that would have never ever happened. But now, you know, there, it is as big as any other genre, mm. and you know, mm. in some cases, bigger than than a lot of other genres. Mm. So, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel I'm like going. I can add something to that. <laughs> um, when I was asked to join the band, um, uh, just I'll, I'll give you a, a bit of a backstory there. Um, I've always generally been a pretty happy person. I've never really been a dark person. I, I don't, you know, I don't really, I don't really, um, never really felt angry or pissed off at the world or, you know, all that sort of thing. And so when I came, when I was asked to join the band uh, as a vocalist, I, I remember saying right back then, you know, 11 years ago that I wasn't prepared to write lyrics that were what I thought were traditional metal lyrics, which was, you know, rape, guts, gore, pillage, all that sort of thing. And, uh, and I remember saying that I wasn't prepared to write lyrics about um, a lot of that stuff right at the beginning anyway, um, just because it wasn't me. And I felt that if I was going to have any sort of sense of convincing anybody that I was taking myself seriously, then I had to at least um, believe in the lyrics that I was saying. 
Um, so, so I mean, that led to some some really crazy things. Uh, in our first EP, we have a song literally about uh, Lego, building Lego, and then just smashing <laughs> it all to pieces and starting all over again and things like that. But it didn't really matter in a way because uh, it didn't really matter to me because it was in a death metal medium and uh, my vocals are an instrument and so to anyone listening, it could sound like it's, you know, a very heavy or dark, brutal or angry song. But what I'm actually um, what I'm actually saying um, could be considered quite benign or um, fun or um, happy even. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. So then what is the role of the lyrics then? If, you know, we assume that most people won't actually be able to understand or interpret the lyrics when you, you know, produce them in the context of the song. Mm. Well, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you said that you like, you know, you want to believe in like the lyrics that you're producing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and well, so obviously you do have like some lines, at least you said you originally had some lines that you didn't want to cross regarding like what you would include in the lyrics. So I'm just wondering, like, given that, then there must be some role of the lyrics that you're, you know, you're assigning mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, because if, if it's purely an instrument, right, you could just uh, make like pig noises. And, but you've chosen yeah. some specific, you've chosen to sing about Legos, right? <laughs> yeah well pr prior to me joining this band um the the band was sort of like born out of the ashes of another band um which kind of didn't have lyrics um <laughs> Stu would be able to speak to it uh, the band before i joined was called sacrament and not blindfolded and led to the woods and um as far as i'm aware Stu will be able to speak to this the um the lyrics were few and far between. Yeah, we, we would uh, do exactly what Stace is talking about there, but it was kind of like more like gore grind sort of music. So mm -hmm. like we, we would actually just make phrases of sounds that we thought sounded like sick. And, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead of having a lyric, it would be like a phrase of a noise and you know if you listen to it you'd be like oh i wonder what these guys are saying because it <laughs> didn't really sound any different to any other metal band <laughs> or, or death metal band or grind band or whatever but um you know I, I think it also comes with us taking ourselves a whole lot more seriously and taking what we do a lot more seriously now as well so mm. as stay said earlier we now take our, our, our lyrics are something we take really seriously whereas maybe 10 years ago we wouldn't have taken them as seriously, but, um, you know, we didn't sing them with any less conviction. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Do you have, uh, like, lyrics right now that you are, like, finding really, really good or really, really influencing your style? Uh, are, there, are there lyricists right now that you would say you, you draw on, or is it, do you kind of try to just get into your own head and, and explore your own space? Yeah, I, 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 like, with Blindfolded, my whole thing about it is like uh not actually having inspiration from like anyone if i can help it um, mm. and that that because that comes with writing the music and also writing the lyrics um i don't want us to sound like anyone else and i don't and and it's the same with the lyrics i i don't want people to read it and think oh this is a ripoff of whoever um mm. listen to it and think this sounds just like this um 
you know the whole I, I guess one of the point one of the main points of our band is is to express who we are uh, musically and lyrically um, and yeah I, I I just like I, I despise the idea of being compared and and or you know having songs that sound like someone else's mm. and and there's a lot of that in metal there's so many bands now it's so saturated there's so many bands that sound the same um and that that's cool like that's that's i i, I would hate to take away anything from anyone else who's working hard um doing doing their music but for us this is um unique it is us it is who we are it's a, it's you know it's an expression of of us and i don't want that to sound like anyone else so how do you guys actually write like as a pair because i we, we have talked to one pair before but usually it's it's just one person in the band doing most lyrics is there is it completely separate or when you do this uh kind of process is it is it very collaborative completely separate really Stu will write songs mm. and i will write songs um and and i think we go about it in different ways um slightly um correct me if i'm wrong Stu, but i believe that Stu will write lyrics um by himself uh, without too much um sort of i don't want to say the word care here but with it without too much um collaboration with the actual song itself i believe that Stu is, is that right Stu? like you could write lyrics and there might not even be a song there yet yeah absolutely. um I usually have like ideas uh, or, or an idea or something that's happened to me that I want to write about uh, mm. and it's not related to the music whatsoever. I'll mm. just start writing and then often together Stace and I will, will make those lyrics somehow fit the song mm. that I've written musically. But uh, yeah, of, often my lyrics are just things that I've written like a, and it'll be like, okay, that's the song. That's a song's mm. worth of lyrics. And it's got a beginning and it's got a middle and it's got an end. And <laughs> and there it is. Now we've got to figure out how to somehow put it to this crazy song. <laughs> yeah. Whereas um when I'm when I'm writing lyrics, uh, it's usually after quite a bunch of the music is uh, made already. And I'll take some of those um, demos that that Stu makes uh, and sends through to me. And I mean, I, I don't sit there and go, all right, well, here's a bar of seven and then a bar of eight and then, all right, so I've got to count out the syllables. But there kind of is a bit of that, if you know what I mean. Like I'll mm. come up with an idea and I'll sort of shuffle around or shorten or see if I can rephrase um, one, of the, one of the sentences I've written um, to see if it can fit better to the, to the piece that I'm writing to. Do you, uh, you said you share, you do share, uh, show each other lyrics though. Do you ever edit each other's lyrics or is it mainly just, you know, like, Hey, check out what I did. Um, really, we haven't really messed with each other's lyrics at all. Really? Um, you know, no, uh, we have done when we've recorded them. So Stu will record a demo without any vocals to it. He'll flick it through to me. Um, and I'll listen to it. And if I'm writing the lyrics, then I'll, I'll write them to it. And then Mm -hmm. Stu and I will get together and we will record the uh, vocal demo over mm. top of the demo that he's created. And sometimes we'll do a little bit of editing there um, because we might realize that, oh, it would sound better if it was like shorter here or longer here or 
um, what's a way that we can make this um, idea that you've written just fleshed out a bit to, to really fill this part of the song here um, so it works. Yeah, so there's a little bit of editing when we make the demos, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be so bold as to go onto a one of the songs Stu's written and be like, oh no, this has got to go. This has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I write when I write the music, often there will be sections that I know there's going to be lyrics over. You know that that just have to have lyrics over, um, and and then I we 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 make them fit. You know, I, I definitely write lyrics with like a kind of like a phrasing in mind um i mean you guys have probably seen that with reading them that you know a lot of those a lot of the songs that i wrote lyrically didn't have any kind of uh what, what's the word like i don't know how to how to say it i know what it looks like <laughs> like a, um, a, me a meter maybe yeah 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 like a, okay. yeah any kind of meterage you know but that's one of the beautiful things about metal, I think, is that you you don't really need that. Mm. You can you can have you know if you've, you've got a blast beat going on underneath, you you can kind of phrase however you want over top of that. There's like no rules, you know. Mm. Mm. And so, do you think that you know your lyrical styles are distinguishable from one another? Like, can you like do you reckon that people would be able to, for instance, like look at a song and say like, okay, this is clearly a Stace song or this is a Stu song? I think that's pretty easy for us to know. Mm. Um, yeah. I think um, Stu's lyrics tend to be like he's like he mentioned earlier about things that have happened to him in his life. Uh -huh. um, and I know that he he um, writes a lot about uh, his his dreams and things like that that come to him. Um, where uh, I like I like uh, creative writing um, and I like journalism and I like um, things like that. So if I wanted to write a song, um, I could sit down for a couple of hours and sort of look back at all the things that have, uh, I've, I've thought about in the last couple of weeks and, and see if there's any good material there to, to pull a song out of. Um, it's, it's not so, so I, I definitely think the, the outcomes are very distinguishable, but maybe mm -hmm. I'm just biased because I, I know um, Maybe, maybe you guys might have an opinion on, on that. I don't know. We didn't know if you wrote together or not. So we, I, yeah. didn't read them, I didn't read them trying to parse who did what. I didn't realize it was completely separate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think based on that other interview, we just assumed maybe there was a bit more like collaboration yeah. on individual songs. So yeah. the last band we talked yeah, to I was, have to look back over it now. Yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll, we'll, we'll send you um, yeah. guesses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Lotto draw. We'll send you an album yeah. if you get it right. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, I guess also we're just wondering, um, as people that you know are active in the New Zealand metal scene and write lyrics in the New Zealand metal scene, do you, is there anything do you think that is like, is there a New Zealand style to language use in metal, or is there a New Zealand style to like the performance of metal? Is is there anything that sort of you know you you find in New Zealand and New Zealand metal bands lyrics, or or even just what you say on stage that you don't find when you go overseas, or even just over you know over to Australia? think that like you know new zealand new zealanders in general are very like a, a very like dry people um and you definitely hear that like if you're at gigs and you're watching a band you know the banter in between songs is often like kind of like 
terrible <laughs> or, or like really awesome and so yeah i don't know it's funny being you know we're we're, we're such a small country and and it's kind of when you see the big bands come through and you see the way that uh different vocalists and stuff kind of present themselves i think that a, a lot of what happens here is uh you know inspired by a lot of those people um because we don't really get to go out and see massive shows all the time we've mm. got to kind of wait for them to come to us uh so I, I guess that there probably would be like a like a quite a new zealand distinguishable style but like there's <laughs> there's not like a whole lot of bands either so you kind of have like the bigger bands in the scene um you know the likes of like ulcerate mm-hmm. and organectomy and uh like swamp dweller and things like that and those are three bands that are like cranking in our scene right now but they're all three bands that are like very different as well so you don't have like heaps of bands doing the same thing there's kind of like Mm -hmm. heaps of bands but they all kind of have their thing so yeah yeah it's all everyone here is so different there's a lot going on but not a lot of people doing the same kind of thing if that makes sense like you will mention, you know, splitting lyrics between you two. Do you think uh, if we played just uh, accents aside, if we showed transcripts of like Aussie stage banter and New Zealand stage banter, would you be able to tell it apart? Yeah, there'd be a lot more um, probably chur and bro uh, <laughs> in, the, in the Kiwi stuff. <laughs> There's a great band in, in Christchurch here, um, and uh, they're called Unyielding Desolation, and they. Um, their whole thing is like party vibes and they're, they're like hilarious they'll have like balloons and streamers and like all that kind of stuff and they're like on stage banter is just hilarious uh jamie their vocalist he's a real character um yeah there's there's a lot of characters in the middle scene because i think that you know the new zealand middle is is kind of like spawned from a lot of like young people feeling like they don't kind of fit in which is kind of the classic middle cliche Mm-hmm. But, um, you know like where, where I went to high school it was like if you didn't play rugby like no one gave a shit no one cared about you it was like you got to play rugby and you know that made all these crazy middle kids it just like created them and uh, so it also created a bunch of like real characters it's awesome <laughs> can't play rugby might as well listen to some metal <laughs> yeah do blast yeah Honestly, I, I went to the same school as Stu did, but um, but uh, four year, five years earlier, um, four years earlier, and uh, it was the exact same thing. I, I was like I said earlier in the interview, I I didn't um, play rugby. I was at the music room, and and I mean the the rugby guys have got to have someone to bully, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, the, I think in metal. That was it was we definitely found something that that said that we were we were we were still good enough mm. <laughs> it, is, it does sound cliche to say that um and i don't think i've ever really put that into words before but it's it is kind of true you know those mm. those sorts of um formative years at um at early years in high school is definitely what led me onto my path um with metal mm-hmm. and probably led to my um led me down the path of um, writing and uh, appreciating lyrics as well. 
when you're writing as is there any ever time that you have uh like do you do you edit as well have you ever deleted everything anything because it's like oh that's not a good lyric or maybe oh, even say like oh that's not very you know metal that doesn't fit uh like has you ever written anything that's like too happy or too bright and has to go or maybe like a word that just doesn't feel like it fits the genre or is that not uh or is it pretty you know it just kind of flows out no i don't think so um I think there was a couple of parts of that question there. Um, do do I feel like I would ever delete something because it was never too not metal enough? Mm. No, I don't think I would because um, sort of in the earlier years of this band, I actually found it a bit of a, a personal challenge to mm. write something <laughs> that was the most unmetal thing you'd ever heard, but deliver it in a death metal medium, uh-huh. and uh, and I'd get some enjoyment out of that, whether anyone knew it or not. I've definitely deleted a lot. Like I've deleted more lyrics than than I've written, hundred mm. percent. But I think mm. I, like I, a lot of that is because I'm not the person. I, I don't sing in this band. I mean, I do backing vocals here and there, but um, you know, I also have to write something that I'm comfortable with. Stay singing on my behalf, or mm. you know, I, I don't want stay singing. You know. Or be put in a position where he is to say, "Look, I don't want to. I can't sing this. Like, you know, this, <laughs> this is your song. Or, you know, maybe it's something that's like too close to me that that uh, you know Stace couldn't sing. So o- often, uh, when those ideas are, are flowing for me, they'll end up in like one of my, you know, like I've got a weird side project that a lot of those lyrics will end up in, which is just me by myself, and then I can express those things mm. and not kind of put that burden on Stace." <laughs> <laughs> so like what would be the actual like criteria for a deletion of lyrics like is it just that they're yeah too personal as you're saying Stu or is there more to it than that um sometimes it's just not very good <laughs> <laughs> no, not every song is a hit <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah I I think like yeah, like I, I've I've thrown away a lot of lyrics, and you know, I, I even had like a, a phone that just gave up, and I lost like a phone's because my notepad is just full of shit that I'm thinking about all the time, um, and you know, I lost like a phone's worth of lyrics, which was quite devastating, and 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 that sucks. But um, yeah, most of the time it's because they're not really good enough, and and I kind of like. I know when I've written something that I'm happy with and that I want out there in the world, there's things that I, you know, also that I would write and think, okay, that's like, that's for me and me alone. (laughs) I'm glad I got that (laughs) off my chest and wrote about it. um, But no one's going to sing that. (laughs) Or maybe I will. (laughs) Uh, There's been a lot of uh, research date kind of on, on metal that's talked about, uh, especially a, lo- a lot of it draws on stuff like Cannibal Corpse, et cetera, this, that kind of argue that uh, a, a facet of the metal genre is that there's like kind of this distance taken from the lyrics. Like I know that George Fisher has said that he's not, he's just trying to make like a horror movie kind of atmosphere. Um, is that something that you personally align with or do you feel that sort of, uh, you know, metal is more about like things that you want to explore personally then, given that, you know, you said, especially, um, uh, Stu, you've been mentioning this kind of a bit, but do you, do you feel that like that's an older mindset perhaps, or is that something that's still common in the scene? Do you think? I think it's probably more common than what we think uh, that mm. um, p- 
people are really disconnecting themselves from what they're writing because otherwise everyone who's a fucking death metal vocalist would be in jail like, <laughs> yeah okay yeah. Um, you know like some of the stuff that some of these bands write about are just like horrific and um and that's not to say that they don't go out and work a nine to five job as like a you know businessman number one like you you, you can't live that you can't live that life for real um but like like george corpse grinder says um you know it, it's creating that kind of horror movie vibe and that totally works for cannibal corpse like that mm. is their thing and that's been their thing for like 35 40 years whatever it's been um they have they can't change they can't straighten <laughs> the fans would riot <laughs> you definitely can see like uh as a band like cannibal corpse they started out and some of the things they wrote about back in the day they no longer touch um and i think that you know that that's a really probably them growing out of a lot of those kind of like more taboo subjects um but but that's not to say you know there are still slam bands and gore grind bands that are coming out by the dozen that are still singing about that kind of stuff. And I, I think we're probably like, I feel like we're heading to a point where people are starting to kind of express that maybe that's not okay to sing about, you know, um, or like, why are you singing about that? Um, mm. I definitely see more of that now than I ever have. And I think that's a positive thing because I, there are better things to write songs about. Mm. Um, but, you know, you've also got to have, uh, you know, a, a death metal band um, still has to be, write brutal lyrics to at some to some degree, but you know, I, I quite like the way that metal's gone in like a spacey kind of direction, um, mm. like Obscura and um, you know some some of these more like techy bands that have kind of matched their lyrics up to the music because the music's so like technical. And the lyrics have kind of gone in this like technical way. So they're singing mm. about all kinds of like crazy shit, like supernovas and like, wormed. Yeah, wormed yeah, is a good wormed. example of that. You know, singing, actually, singing about galactic warfare and <laughs> lasers and aliens and stuff. Yeah, like that's totally sick and that totally works. <laughs> and Stace, do you have the kind of same take on this distance that vocalists in the past have taken from their lyrics? Or do you think about yeah, it differently? I think it's a I think it's a personal thing really. Um I believe mm -hmm. that you kind of got to separate the art from the artist um sometimes. Um you know that old saying never meet your heroes. Um because you'll <laughs> realize that they're just a bunch of dicks. Um so uh, I listen to a lot of black metal um and uh, a lot of the early Norwegian black metal lyrics are if not in Norwegian, uh, if they're in English, they're, they're quite dark and there's uh, nationalism in there. There's, um, there's anti-homosexuality as well in some of the old lyrics. And I mean, I don't vibe with that at all, but because I listen to the vocalist as an instrument, I find it quite easy to separate the art from the artist. You know, I don't need to jive with their um, political leanings to appreciate the sounds that I'm hearing on my ears. Um, so, so that's one, one thing for me, separating the art from the artist, but also like 
nowadays, if somebody wants to write about, you know, like Cannibal Corpse style, blood, gore, you know, rape, pillage, murder, all of that sort of thing. If they say that I'm just, I'm just writing this because it's an outlet for me and I wanted to shock people and I've done my job well, well, that's, that's fine with me too. I, I've got really no problem with that. Um, for me personally, I, I don't like to write about that. Um, I'd rather write about something else. I'd rather, I'd probably write, rather write about anything else, to be honest. It's just not me as a person. <laughs> so I wondered, um, you know, given what you've um, just said then, um, how you feel about, uh, for instance, some of the, you know, potentially homophobic and um, misogynistic content of some of your early song lyrics? Um, you know, how do you feel, I suppose, um, about the acceptability of that language? And I, know, I guess, has your view on this changed across time? Oh, the views have definitely changed over time. Um, you know, for if I can just use the, the really common example of, um, you know, 10 years ago, it would be so common to walk down the street mm. and if you didn't like something, you'd hear people calling it gay. You know, gay was like the mm. this common derogatory term for um, for uh, naming anything you didn't like, and I mean, like that's almost completely wiped out now in at least all of my social circle. Mm -hmm. So, um, if, the, if if you can extrapolate from that uh, and apply it to lyric writing, mm -hmm. for us, you know, we're, we've all gone through that that big change of what was socially acceptable ten years ago. Uh, doesn't fly these days, and I imagine it's definitely had um, its its effect on on lyric writing for sure. One thing we both noticed when we were looking through um, your lyrics is we started with your your newest album, and we you know uh, we jumped back a little bit, and just even um, even the titles just seem really really different. Uh, like yeah. under the teeth with jelly beans uh, yeah. to you know. Uh, even like my Vaseline Diaries, and then you have your new album, and even like I guess uh, the covers were different. Like with the new album, the art is. Uh, so I guess was there is we've talked about this a bit kind of on off, but just kind of diving into it directly, was there something that that caused this sort of change, or was this uh, was it just kind of a gradual evolution? Um, because yeah, the things seem to uh, differ a lot when we when we were looking back and forth between the two. Just uh, yeah, again, art lyrics everything seems to be completely different over this 10-year period yeah um i think that uh as we mentioned earlier there's definitely been like a maturing within the band mm -hmm. um and i also feel like with this last album i think you will would probably all agree that there's been a large step up in terms <laughs> of sort of pro professionalism and there was a sort of conscious effort to sort of drop the the joke side of stuff you know, we didn't used to take it so seriously and that would come out in the lyrics, that would come out in the song titles and in the album titles. And I mean, even looking back right to the um, the first EP artwork and things with mm -hmm. the, the clown and the gun yeah. and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but if, if I try and look for any sort of landmark as to um, what might have instigated the big step up and with the with this most recent album it might have been um with ben our other guitarist with him joining uh -huh. um because uh the guitarist that was in the band before him uh we had some sort of like 
Um, we had some interpersonal issues there where we didn't like some of the behaviours and things we were recognising um, and we wanted to take this band to the next level. We knew that we had to change some things mm. and uh, letting go of him and taking on a, a new guitarist um, was a big part of that. And I think he has also brought a professionalism with him to the band. And mm. I think we've all stepped up together as part of that. If that can give you a... Mm. You might want to add something to that. I don't know. Um, yeah, um, I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The person that I was 10 years ago sitting there writing music is, you know, I would love to talk to that kid and be like, yo, like, you know. Um, sort it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we've grown up so much and we've all changed so much. Um, it's funny looking back through the history of the band and it kind of being like you say, like a, a, the changes I think in us as people is like reflective in the music that we've made, um, you know? And, and I think that not, not just us in the band, but like our kind of social circles are definitely on like a really like positive path to making positive changes in, you know, in society to an extent. Um, you know, like Stace was saying, Ben joining the band, he he's come from a background of, um, you know, he, he had a business where he uh, his whole goal was to feed children who were in poverty here in Christchurch and who weren't who were going to school without lunches and things like that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when you start seeing some of these like real world things and and you look at some of the things that you've written that that you've written and maybe some of the things that that you've released along the way, you kind of realize that some of those things might actually have like real world consequences. Um, and, you know, I, I want the world to be genuinely a better place for, for everyone really. And um, yeah. Do you think that this is something that uh, is new to metal or is this kind of always like when I was growing up, I remember um, very much people saying, and this, I, I came from a, a very religious area. So that definitely influences interpretation but you know don't get into metal because it is it's dark and it's evil and it's you know sad and the people are mean and the people are angry and i if i admit like when i was 16 years old and getting into metal i was a little bit angry you know not anything in particular just you know stuff um but do you think like this kind of positivity or this desire to make metal that does have a do something good is new or has it always been there or is it something that has kind of the scene's been allowed to investigate after it's uh, you said like settled down matured at the uh, earlier in this interview um yeah like were we too young to notice it or is it something that's kind of changed over the last few years i i feel like it's something that's changed because when i was younger and and i was and i was angry and i had all this anger that that i don't know really where it was coming from but i guess you know things that were happening at school and stuff like that mm. when i'd listen to the music and it was so angry that would make me feel good uh -huh. um now that's not what makes me feel good about the music it's you know it's kind of the opposite um yeah it, it's changed so much for me personally I, it's hard to say like on a kind of global scale mm. what's going on but i i think with the changes in society in general that we see um a lot of the kind of behaviors and stuff like stay said that that might have been 
acceptable 10 years ago that now aren't uh-huh. that's a that flows into into so many facets of of life you know yeah for sure i reckon um things have definitely changed just to, to mirror what what Stuart said um i think society as a whole is changing um and with that will uh, things will either adapt or or fall away but in like natural selection if 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 the the consumers of metal music are wanting lyrics that are uplifting and uh, motivating and uh, and are about real world things um, then then that's what they'll get given because metal will change with it um, being that they're the consumers. I mean, there's always going to be metal bands that are like, oh, you know, we, we don't play music for anyone else. It's just for us and we're going to do mm. our own thing. Yeah, sweet as, that's always going to be there. But um, metal metal as a whole, I think that if society changes, then then the music will uh, and subsequently the, the lyrics will, will change with it. It's very interesting. Um, when you're talking about, you know, your desire to write lyrics, kind of a positive message or, or something, um, or like talk about a specific issue. I did notice that on the newest album, um, like the lyrics do have some ambiguity to them overall. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't read any songs that are like, you know, we, I talked about Pig Destroyer and stuff. Like there wasn't like an army of cops style song. Where it's like this song is about mm-hmm. cops, right? Um, is that something that you both seek? Like, do, do you try to make the lyrics a bit open to interpretation? Um, or do you think that in general uh, metal lyrics need to have like a bit of room to breathe, or is that just personally you don't want to write a song that's too straightforward? Yeah, I mean you don't want to you don't want to um, give away your, your cards, you know. You want to keep <laughs> you want to keep some close to your chest, I guess. Um, a little bit of ambiguity um, is all right, I think, and giving them room to breathe. Those things that you mentioned, I I, I tend to agree with. I think oh. if you if you wrote about specifics, you know something. For instance, um, if I if I wanted to write a song about um, my mum having cancer, I wouldn't write a song literally about my mother and this is her name and she had <laughs> cancer and this is the ho- this is the hospital she was in. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say something like that. I would um, use poetic license and um, and creative writing to to you know make it a bit more accessible maybe mm. as stace mentioned earlier like quite a lot of my lyrics are about like dreams that i've had and i think like ever since like the earthquakes happened um i've had and you know like our, our best friend was uh his name was matty and he was killed in the earthquakes Jeez. and um that mm. was like a really life-changing moment for me uh, i think probably for well for everyone in the band for a lot of people in new zealand um and a lot of those kind of like traumas and, and things that we saw and things, uh, people we knew, the the kind of like five degrees of separation of people who have passed away there. Like, I think it created a lot of trauma for people here and it definitely did for me. And I started getting these like really vivid, crazy dreams. Um, and a lot of the time, like I, I can't, quite remember them properly uh, there might be like little things here and there that i remember but you know probably a lot of ambiguity in my lyrics come from the fact that i kind of know like what is going on in my head but i also don't <laughs> so it's like hard to convey my kind of feelings i guess but i really want to 
Mm-hmm. Is the album cover supposed to be kind of dreamish? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, when you're in a dream and and you you know you can't move your limbs properly, mm. or you're trying to say something and it's not coming out, or you can't like breathe properly or something like that. Like I experience those things very frequently, and um, you know, sometimes that you know I, I get like sleep paralysis quite a lot, and I'll be like awake, but I can't move. I, I my partner will have to like wake me up because um, I might be like kind of like hyperventilating or something like that. Um, and these these are all things that have inspired a lot of the lyrics and um, I th- like Nightmare with Drawls, like that that's a lyric from one of the songs. And I always thought like, would I feel guilty if these kind of feelings stopped? Would I feel guilty for moving on from some of these traumas? Would it make me feel like, I don't care as much about my friend that passed away, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, the, um, the artwork anything... on... Oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead. Um, the, the artwork on Nightmare Withdrawals was um, a commission from a, a Polish um, artist who goes by the, the name A Great Mass, and we sort of gave him um, sort of like the the underlying tone of the album and the lyrics um, across the board. And um, he sort of like did up a couple of sketches and then sent it back through and then, and then came back with that. So yeah, it definitely ties in with, um, with what Stu has just been talking about. So do you think that metal and I guess like, you know, a a genre known for, you know, like death and zombies and, and things can be, uh, a space for exploring like for healing for navigating trauma hundred uh, for sure absolutely I think that it's the perfect place for it it's provided uh, you know I, I think that a lot of metal bands were born from suffering in some way um, and you know as as we mentioned right at the start uh, kind of stick it to the man kind of thing um and that comes from a form of like poverty i guess you know um you're not really wanting to stick it to the man if you are the man (laughs) 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 um yeah (laughs) i think a lot of people that get into metal um uh, as i mentioned earlier that you know that that old cliche the 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 young misfits that aren't the sporting jocks um you know, so they they so often kids fall into metal because it makes them feel good about themselves, and and if those uh, if those lyrics happen to be positive as well, like who knows what could happen? <laughs> yeah, I think like mm. it already has been a place for healing for a long, long time since since it, you know the earliest bands playing metal apart from the kind of shock horror ones, you know, they were kind of, and, and even like the early punk stuff, you know, it was like a, it was a rebellion because they were going through shit and their lives weren't particularly easy. Um, you know, well, you, you can get together with your friends and make music about it. That's pretty sick. <laughs> hmm. So 
Although there are like, you know, a lot of um, approaches in today that do kind of draw on the kind of experiences that you're talking about, there are also a lot that, you know, um, explore more comedic elements like the ones we talked about a little bit earlier. And it seems like, you know, based on what uh, Wes and I have um, spoken about, that there are these kind of like two factions within metal um, whereby one kind of uh, desires that more lighthearted, easygoing approach to metal and another that does desire kind of more grim seriousness or development of more serious topics. I suppose something that we were wondering is, you know, how do you navigate these expectations and do you even consider the expectations at all? I don't think that we're a band that really considers the expectations of people. I think that um, with the direction that we've gone, with we kind of set the expectations ourselves. Like, this is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Uh, you know, um, I'm really proud of the the album and the lyrics and stuff that are on it. Um, and that's something that, you know, maybe I wouldn't say about our earlier work, looking at, you know, some of those, some of the, some of the lyrics, some of the songs. Um, but that's part of growing up, you know, some of those songs I wrote when I was, what, like 18 or 19 or whatever, and I was a teenager doing crazy shit, getting drunk, being absolute menace to society and now i'm 31 and i look back and i go man i'm glad i had those experiences because it's made me a much better person uh in in some respects you know you know it's like in general we mentioned at the beginning that uh you had a bunch of things that were kind of humorous taking the piss in your early albums again like like armed to teeth with jelly beans as, as just the key example of uh i guess the title that if you meant us to take it seriously it's uh it was a bit you know uh, thought of it as a bit hard to take seriously um but this is definitely faded off but there was uh like i don't know if, if it was supposed to be humorous but um on the on the new album you did have a song uh where uh like lucid visitations where you say it everything's quite serious and then uh, recollection can be a bitch but she ain't got shit on you a uh, exclamation mark and the song kind of just ends on that um and that seemed like a bit jocular to me um and I guess, is it hard to like work in things like that? Or am I, I completely misinterpreting um, the goal of that line in the song? I think that like, you know, there's still like a lot of like lighthearted stuff because like we, we are in this band and we do have a really good time. Some of that stuff is going to like come through in our music. You know, we're not, we're still not the band that wants to be super, super serious. You know, we, we're still five best friends that are having an awesome time together and, and you know we love playing music together we want to you know we want to tour we want to see the world together and, and do you know these kind of this great stuff but we, we do have a really good time um <laughs> and although this album is like a lot more serious um yeah we, we, we still still joke around a lot like i mean we, we fucking yeah, we love we we love what we're doing. We love hanging out with each other. But and I and that's gonna come through in some way. Um I don't yeah. There's there's some lyrics on the yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Does it come through in the performance? Like Stace, do you kind of feel like you're um I suppose performing these lyrics in a way that kind of balances the seriousness against, you know, that kind of more lighthearted, fun vibe? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen any live performances of, of me, but um, 
I guess what I'm probably personally known for being on stage is that um, I'm having a great time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing and I'm smiling uh, in between sets and I'm, I'll like check in on the boys while they're while they're playing guitars and like um, make sure they're having a good time too, and and then when it's business time, uh, look out, you know, because that's 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 when I change. That's when I become a, an aggressive uh, tank, not to be fucked with. Okay. Um, uh, but as I say, like as soon as I'm done with a, a single phrase. And it's extremely aggressive and extremely um, loud and uh, sort of intimidating, I guess. Um, and then as soon as that line is finished, I'm back to like smiling and and enjoying the watching the crowd like get off on this. I just so um, yeah, I, I have fun with it. I'm not I'm not super serious, even though I can be singing in a serious way about a serious topic um, with, with like with interwoven fun. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I work in a music store and um, there's a, a dude there and he's, you know, like an older gentleman and he came down to see a blindfolded show because, you know, come see my band dude. And he's like, Oh, you know, I actually will. And he comes and, you know, he's like an older dude kind of standing at the back. Um, but then talking to him at work, he was just absolutely blown away. He was like, I cannot believe that you guys were playing that music, but you all had like smiles on your faces. Like it was such a juxtaposition of what was going on. Like you were belting out this insane music at me so aggressively, but you were having such a good time doing it. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, what is <laughs> what am I watching? What is this band? And I think we've always kind of had an element of that, but it's it's changed, you know. Mm. We're we used to be like, what the hell is this when you pick up our album because it's a freaking clown with the AK forty seven. Now it's like, okay, this is something that I can connect with. But now I watch them live and I'm like, what the fuck? How are these this how is this that same band? Like, yeah. I don't know, I guess it's something people figure out for themselves. Sometimes in your lyrics, there do seem to be, I'm, I'm guessing these are maybe stasis since you said, you know, you'd like to read the news and things like that before you write. Uh, some themes that are like, seem to be very explicitly political or social commentary uh, related. And I, in some of the interviews we've had with other bands, uh, we've had some bands that have shied away from that, not because they necessarily think that, you know, they shouldn't, but they felt that writing um, social commentary lyrics and writing metal lyrics were kind of two distinct skill sets. Is this a comment that you agree with her at all, or is it has it always been kind of seamlessly integrated for you when you've tried to, you know, uh, comment on the world through your songs? It never crosses my mind, to be honest with you. Um, like I'll write what I want to write, and uh, not a single care for anybody else goes through my mind when I do that. The only thing I really care about is whether it'll fit the song, whether it'll sound good, and uh, and whether Stu and I will enjoy putting it to a demo um that's that's about as far as it goes for me to be honest as i said like uh, uh, in earlier in earlier works i've i've written purely just a song about lego but i deliver it in a death metal medium and i enjoy every part of that along the way um whether it's a social commentary or a political view or um 
an anecdote about last weekend. So it doesn't really matter to me if if anyone else has got any expectations about mm-hmm. what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. That's what I mean to say. But have, have you ever personally found any difficulty in um, getting the message out the way you want, or has it all you know just have you have you found it to be kind of a natural blend? Uh, well, I mean, getting a message out. Um, that's another thing that I'm not too sure that I, I, I just, like, I feel bad for saying this, but I just personally don't really care if anyone gets a message from it or not. For me, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a sound. I'm an instrument. I'm like a guitar or I'm like a drum kit. Not many people are going to be able to, um, distinguish the, the lyrics unless they were to read them or unless I'm specifically um, enunciating them in a way that so people can can hear and understand. Um, but it's not the top of my priority list for, for me to be passing messages on to people and hope that they receive it in the best way possible. If I really wanted that, I probably would have become a pop singer or a, um, something like that. Yeah. I hope that doesn't sound like pretentious or anything. That's, that's really not what I... What I mean to, to convey, I just, I just, yeah, I have to be honest with you. I just don't really care if anyone is receiving a message from it or not. It's for me. It's yeah, for the that, boys. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. It's just, um, yeah, it's an interesting comment that we've got from other have, like um, vocalists, I guess. It's yeah. just that, you know, even when they've tried to write something um, that is political, not necessarily in the sense that they want to send a message about it, but just it's, you know, a topic that they want to cover that like it's been difficult to integrate that topic into like a recognizably metal framework, I guess. Okay. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case for you? Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't have, I don't feel like I have trouble writing. If I want to um, convey a message to somebody, I feel like I could probably do it, but <laughs> I probably don't think a death metal band is the, the, the best way to do that <laughs> for me anyway. Um like I say, because the the vocals are so often ind- indistinguishable from from um, you know uh, guttural throat noises. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like having the lyrics. I like having the lyrics there for people that want to read them, but mm. uh, I'm certainly not performing them for people to get any sort of message out of me. Like if yeah. a fan came up to you and said, "Hey, I, I read your lyrics and I really like them. Would you? Would you? Like, would you be happy to hear that, or would you just be like, oh, I, I didn't care if you read it.'" I'd ask them if they were Stu's lyrics or mine first. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, but sure, that would that would be great. That would be great. But um, I don't I don't thrive off of that attention or anything. I don't need, require that attention. But sure, that'd be that'd be great because it would mean that we've connected with somebody in a way and that's cool yeah i was wondering if Stu, do you have the same opinion given what you were saying earlier about like your own experience reading through nile lyrics oh i I definitely probably feel a bit differently about it than stace um Mm. i because a lot of the things that i write i i kind of are things that i'm happy to put out in the world and they kind of make me feel better and Mm. in the hopes that maybe someone reads it and connects with it maybe on a on a different kind of level but um i yeah i i i i would love it if someone came up and they were like hey this song i can connected with this song that that would be awesome but um i also in the same way as stace like i i don't do it 
for that. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, yeah, uh, like if like I, if I saw Carl Sanders on the street, <laughs> I would I would say something along the same lines. I, I hope this question isn't isn't a disaster, but I, I just like Stasis. Do <laughs> ever given you lyrics to sing, and you have really connected with them? Have you been like like that says something to me? Like, have you have you do you have lyrics that have that you sing that you've been you know given that that, that have become personally meaningful to you in a way that maybe even a student intend? I mean, to be honest, off the top of my head, um, I can't remember um, if if that's happened yet. But I certainly would never say that it, it wouldn't happen. I could totally imagine that Stu could write something that I would just totally get on board with. I mean, that's that's totally within the realms of possibility. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel good when I'm singing Stu's lyrics. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know yeah. that whatever he's writing has been something personal for him. And, and, you know, I feel honored to, to be able to share and choose creativity. He's one of the most create creative people I've ever met in my life. So um, I know that he wouldn't steer me wrong. And if he did, he knows that I've got the uh, goal to say that I'm not doing that. <laughs> so we, we work well together. So in a way they're meaningful because they're from Stu. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Even if even if I don't understand the <laughs> specific context, because they might have come from you know a personal dream of his or something like that. Um, if I if I wanted to explore further, I'm sure Stu could go into it for me. Um, if I feel I don't need to do that, if I if I'm happy taking my own take on the lyrics. Uh, then, then that's absolutely fine with me too. It's not something we've ever really discussed. Now that you bring it up, yeah, <laughs> you know, we've been making music together for eleven years, and we've never really, you know, it's kind of just been the way we've done things. And um, you know, I'm I, I'm sure that there's been songs along the way that that Stacey said, you know, I'm I won't sing this, or we should change this section. Um, and that's amazing to me like I, I love that and I think that Stace is such an incredible lyricist himself that any way he could make anything better or help me kind of uh, convey the message that maybe I hadn't written in, in, a, in a way like we, we will make things better definitely mm-hmm. together um, in the same way that when I write the music you know Nick or Tim might see a bassline or a drum part and be like, "Hey, like, what if we, what if I did this?" And then we'll flesh out something that is is cooler, or you know, that we're all more happy with. So nothing is like set in concrete with with what we do. So we have another couple of uh, more specific questions about some of your language choices, um, and we notice that, for instance, um, in some of your songs or albums, um, you lean towards rare or multisyllabic words, um, such as titles like modern adoxography, um, <laughs> or phrases like instant gratification, controlling microbes um, to Leviathan. Others, like song titles, meth tooth, or metaphors like like a love affair between a civilian and an army deserter, we were doomed and seem to follow a very different style. So is this the result of, you know, just your two lyrical style? Like are these written by different people or is this just um, kind of a shift in styles across songs? 
Yeah, that was definitely a mixture of Stu and my, <laughs> my lyrics there. Um, modern adoxography was uh, that that came about because I liked the idea of taking a benign or um, banal topic and and writing about it in 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 a wonderful way and in, in an intentional and fleshed out beautiful way. That's that's what um, how that album title came about. It was sort of it sort of like alluded to the fact that we could sing literally about anything, write about anything, but we wanted to do it in a death metal medium. And and for that, that was uh, that was how that album title came about. And and as I say, the the rest of the lyrics there, the that was definitely a mixture of of Stu and mine. Um, I can't really speak to to Stu's ones, but um, for mine, I definitely like rare words uh i like vocabulary i like learning new words as well um and if i can use them if i can use um words that are creative and um basically i guess the goal is i want to write lyrics like i want to read lyrics if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah Toxography mm. was one of those words where it was like i'd never heard it before and then it was like wow okay that's kind of like what we've been doing all along. <laughs> How cool that <laughs> word that no one's really been using since like the 19th century or something. Like <laughs> you look at like the Wikipedia of that word. It's like it was used heaps in like, you know, the 19th century. And then it kind of like drops off and it's just like no one's ever <laughs> really used it again. I think it's a great word. It's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know what it was until I um I looked it up either actually. No, neither. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." I didn't like. I was like, "That doesn't work for that." All right, nifty. Did you like? How did you even find it, Stace? Actually, uh, I can't remember how I learned the word, to be honest. But I mean, I don't remember how I learned a lot of words. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. I just yeah, true. I just I just remember thinking about this this whole idea uh, of of you know, the ability to write about literally any topic in the world. It could be my shoelaces. It could be last night's dinner. It could be, um, you know, um, the slave trade in Yemen. It could be anything at all. But just to be able to take that topic and convert it into a death metal medium, no matter what it was, uh, and it still be pummeling and aggressive and, and have all the hallmarks of of a progressive uh, death metal band, or any of the other um, silly objectives that we've been called <laughs> in recent months. Like that fascinated me. I, I liked that idea, and uh, and so that was how the the second the second album got its album title. Um, however, the 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 concept or the idea spans the entire um, breadth of our uh, sort of um, history. Hmm. Mm. Is it like specifically, um, I suppose, the use of rare words or, you know, longer, more complex vocabulary um, that I suppose facilitates the transition of that banal topic to a metal medium like you were talking about before? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's just this language that I, I use. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't think I like try too hard to make my my lyrics any more complicated than 
I could have a conversation with with my friends. Do you know what I mean? Or with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so do the rare and complex words make it metal or make it more metal? Um, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's I, I like creative writing. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to bleed through whether I'm, I'm writing about anything or I'm writing about a Facebook status or I'm writing lyrics. I think all of that stuff's going to bleed through. I don't think it's specifically about metal. Mm-hmm. So this might sound like a gotcha question and I don't mean it that way, but since you're saying, you know, lyrics that you could talk about with your friends, you do use Latin on one of your songs. Mm. Uh, and I guess what was the motive for for that? Like uh, the, the song Sick Mundus Createst Est or So the World Was Created, I believe. I, I had to look that up. Mm. Um, what what effect did using Latin for that title have that just calling the song So the World Was Created would perhaps not have had? Uh, that's a reference to the German TV show Dark. Have you ever seen oh, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it was Nick, our bassist. Uh, I believe who who put forth the idea that um, we should we should make the last song on the album um, about because uh, he was really really into the TV show and <laughs> so he really wanted to have this sort of like reference in there and he suggested because uh, all of the songs had working titles before and I can't even remember the working title for that last track but. Um, yeah, we, we sort of fell on Sigmundus Creatus Est. Um, it's specifically a um, dark uh, TV show reference, and uh, I can't speak more to it than that, really. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good show. <laughs> yeah, that answers that question. <laughs> uh, another thing we noticed, like, uh, there's definitely given a, a decrease in uh, the use of vulgarity in your lyrics over time. Um, and cool. on this new album, most songs don't swear at all. However, uh, Lucid Visitations is the only song that swears, and it has fucking shit and bitch in it. Um, is there a reason why just that song has swear words? Is there something special about that song? Um, and like, did you try to avoid swear words in general, or did it just kind of happen like that? Kind of happened like that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think that, like, <laughs> that's a really powerful lyric, uh, the fucking sacrifices we make. Hmm. Um, and it's definitely sung in a way that it's meant to be taken seriously, you know? It's like, because that, that's, that's actually a lyric that I wrote. I wrote that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that when I wrote that song, I wasn't in the best place uh in my mind and um you know i guess that that just flowed through in those lyrics and um and there you go you've got a song (laughs) um but yeah i we don't swear much at all um yeah not 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 much not in the lyrics anymore i yeah no i didn't actually know that that was the only song that had three swear words in it yeah it's all in all in one song. Yeah, I need to watch my potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> do you find that like do you just do you personally find that swear words and lyrics are like not obviously something that you know uh, wilting flowers that can't you know handle but it's something you personally find like oh, I wish they'd done they could have done something a bit more a bit different when you hear it or is is it just something that you personally don't want to explore? Um. 
lot of bands that I listen to there isn't really swearing. Like a lot of the bands that I really like, mm. like Nile, for example, they I don't think they've ever sworn once in a lyric. You know, it's like it would be weird <laughs> if they did. You know, um, yeah. Thinking about like Egyptian mythology and being like, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> you know, it really works. Um, same with like even bands like Cannibal Corpse. They like they don't ever really swear. Like they might have like one swear word in album, um, but everything that I'm really inspired by doesn't really swear. Um, mm. And I don't know why that song has swearing. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to that Limbiscuit track, you know, the the band that <laughs> took me away from from uh, hip hop yeah. into metal, and it had like 46 uh, uses of the word "fuck" in it. Like, I forget the name of that song, but God damn, I loved was that it, song. Was it Break Stuff? No, no, it wasn't Break Stuff. No. The first but he, he, chocolate starfish. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> Roland. Oh, I forget the name of it right now, but it's definitely off Hot Dog um, Flavored Water and the uh, Chocolate Starfish album. But yeah, he, swears, he says fuck 46 times or something in one song. And I remember that was just like the coolest thing ever. And we always used to try and like, you know, say it, sing it along with him sort of thing. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Gosh, that would not fly today. You'd be you'd be laughed out of the room if you tried to do something like that. It's interesting, is it? Like, because uh, yeah, when I was when I was very very young, I remember thinking like like, oh wow, this artist is so cool. They said fuck, <laughs> and you know, like you could do that on an album. Oh my god, uh, and it's kind of yeah. It seems I I was surprised. I thought Cannibal Corpse were a bit more, but maybe I've just misremembering. But it does seem yeah, like a lot of I, it, like. We had one person in an interview tell us that swearing in metal albums is an American thing. Oh, yeah. Is that... Could be. Are there I geographic? Mean, I don't think I've ever heard like a Norwegian black metal album that's had <laughs> swearing in it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think... I, another couple of like responses we've had from like Aussie bands has been that the absence of swearing in a lot of Aussie lyrics is due to the fact that Aussies don't find swearing offensive. Would you say similar things about New Zealand? Yeah, I mean, like, if you just even, in any given room in New Zealand, people are just like, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty normal. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're so similar to Aussie in that kind of respect. Like, we have our own like versions of slang that you would never hear anywhere else in the world same with Aussie mm. like mm. weird things and you know like I've got an American dude at work and he hears things all the time and he's just like what is that like what are you saying you <laughs> to like, no I wasn't saying chia butter like the bread I was saying chia butter like chia bro <laughs> you know but we're not gonna, we probably won't start saying cheer bro or cheer butter in our songs either <laughs> has, has is there an, like have you ever tried or is there an, a new zealand band that has tried to work like new zealandisms or new zealand dialect into the lyrics i can guarantee it there's, there's, <laughs> okay like swamp, swamp dweller from down in dunedin they love uh vb beer and I just, I, I bet some of their lyrics are about drinking VB. Yeah. 
Classic. <laughs> yeah. There was um there's a there's a Kiwi band here called um Deja Voodoo. And they had a song called um I would give you one of my beers, but I've only got six. <laughs> and and that was that was like a hit here in New Zealand. Like that was that hit the charts in a big way. <laughs> because it was it was relatable and it had a lot of swearing in it too. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. See if yeah. I can uh, see if I can connect with it. Yeah, deja voodoo. I suppose I was wondering if we can go back to lucid visitation just very briefly. Um, if the swearing that we mentioned before is um, designed to offend or if it's designed to bring attention. Because I was thinking, you know, in relation to the lyric that you were mentioning earlier, Stu, which is um, fucking, the fucking sacrifices um, we make. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Is the fuck there, like, used to draw attention rather than, as in, like, I suppose to create emphasis rather than to be offensive, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I don't... I haven't written the lyric to try to offend anyone in a long, long, long time. Um, that yeah, it's definitely kind of like to make you listen. Like, can mm-hmm. can you understand me for just one second? And 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 kind of you know, any of us in those moments of anger will probably use a swear word. You know, um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. What about the use of um, I and you in your lyrics? Uh, this may be, you know, again, because you have two vocal, uh, two uh, lyricists, uh, just different style, but uh, some songs seem to have uh, like an, an I perspective where the, the singer seems to be participating in things and other songs seem to take a bit of a step away and, and be more descriptive of a scene with no use of the first person. Is that, a, is that a style difference between the two of you or do both of you make decisions, okay, I'm going to use I or I'm not going to use... I, and if so, like, I guess this is, sorry, three questions in one. Uh, how do you decide which one you're going to use? Uh, mostly for me, I, it's not really like a conscious decision I'd make, I don't think. Um, a lot of the times when I write lyrics, like I don't actually, um, I don't play a massively conscious part in it. It's kind of like they mm-hmm. write themselves in a way, um, in the same way that when I have some, horrible dreams that are born from traumas of seeing the city collapse uh i'm not a conscious part of that but i'm there and i'm watching it um and i i guess yeah like i will try to not overthink things too much you know kind of let things flow and it's the same when i'm writing the music um i find once i get into a zone or things will just start happening and um, not so much of a part of it as, yeah, it just kind of happens. How about you, Stace? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really know whether I make, like Stu said, a conscious effort to, to um, you know, notice the difference between whether I'm writing from a first-person perspective or whether I'm writing from a third-party perspective. Um, it, it doesn't. Once again, it doesn't matter to me either way. Um, it could be it could be not about uh, anyone's perspective. It could just be uh, a commentary on on something. It could be 
anything at all. I, I just, I just don't, I don't restrict myself um, by concerning myself with those sorts of things. I'd rather just put pen to paper and see what happens. Um, and, and if something good uh, starts flowing from it, then, then that's great. I, I remember um, before this interview, I, I sort of said to Stu at band practice last night, like, oh, man, how long is this interview for? It's an hour and a half. Oh, gosh, like, I think I've only got about four minutes of information to tell them. Like, I, just sort of, <laughs> I just sort of write lyrics and it just sort of happens. And, and, and if I'm happy with it, I'm happy with it. I hope I'm not wasting your time. <laughs> no, you've given us no, way more than four minutes of information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. But like when you do write from the first person perspective, like do you ever like imagine you writing as yourself? Like are you writing from your perspective then or are you like embodying a character, if that makes sense? I think I think there's probably a little bit of both, but more towards the latter. Um, mm-hmm. Like I... I like um, gonzo journalism mm. and uh, I like, you know, I like um, reading journalism where the journalist has actually been involved in the thing that he's, he's writing about. Um, and I think that can bleed through a little bit. So, I mean, I could write, um, for instance, the, the second to last track on our most recent album um, is about drug use and drug addiction. It's called Rorschach and Delirium. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of personal experience with, with uh, growing up around that sort of thing. And I wouldn't say that that song is written from the perspective of me, but it's certainly about something that I know a thing or two about. Um, mm. And I could just as easily create a character um, to, to sort of fill that, that role if I was going to write from a, the perspective of somebody. Interesting. What about the opposite, the use of you? Um, like on, on a new album, you have lyrics like, uh, but your time will come, mother will erase you, or I would hate for you to be missed that your turn to suck the cyst. Uh, are you referring to a specific individual when you say you? Or uh, like what is referenced generally when, when you use a, a you in your songs? Or does it just kind of flow naturally, like you said, with, with I? Well, so the first lyric you mentioned there was one that I wrote. And that's actually from the perspective of... Um, people that have have been, not necessarily people, but animals and people that have been caged up in some sort of way. Mm. Um, that song's The Obscured Witness, and it's about it's about the person that's watching um, or the animal that's, that's watching uh, literally everything else crumble around them, and yet they're the ones that are caged up. Mm. Um, for instance, uh, at the beginning of that song, I, I mentioned the lyrics, Sil- the Silverback Parade. And it's just after I'd visited the local zoo here, and I'd seen these I'd seen these gorillas um, sitting in the cage there, and you know they were they were literally on parade for everyone to sort of see, and they were looking out at me, and I just sort of wondered what their perspective was um, about that, if they could think potentially uh, about what was happening out in the world. It all seems to be going to shit, really, um, and. <laughs> And, and their vision of it was obscured by these these uh, glass plates in front of them. So um, that's 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 where the, the idea of that song came about, but it can apply to anything really. And so when I say you, 
speaking from a gorilla's perspective, the U is everybody in the world. So the yeah. U actually includes I there in a way, right? Yeah, for sure. But as you can see, like anything goes with me. I can I can try and write lyrics about a gorilla's perspective <laughs> sitting sitting in a um in a in a zoo, but I'm applying my own like sort of human um traits to to their thinking. <laughs> I don't know, anything goes with me. Hmm. And Stu, um, when you use like I and you, do you use them in a different way or in a similar way to Stace? It's actually, that's probably one of the more similar things we have with our lyrics, which is mm -hmm. interesting because there's a few things tonight that we've talked about that have been a bit kind of eye-opening because, like I said, we haven't really had these discussions before. Um, I think, like, yeah. I, I, I try not to think too much about it because some, yeah, like, I, I don't write a song I've never written a song like about someone like this song or oh, this mm -hmm. song about Jeremy <laughs> from down the way, you know? like I've never, never done that. It's always been like about, you know, it might be about like suicide or it might be about, um, you know, something like the earthquake happening, but I'll, I'll try to be like as kind of metaphoric as I can be, I guess. And, and kind of, distance myself from the actual real life situation that happened because I don't really want to write a song about a, a friend that's passed away specifically um, mm -hmm. but it might be trying to convey some of the feelings that I've had when dealing with with how that's made me feel um, and that could be from me or it could be from me watching um, how it's affected other people, um, which could be you. Um, but in saying that, I, I wouldn't, like I've never written a song about a specific thing that I saw someone going through. Like I, I wouldn't want to do that. I feel like that would be almost like a breach of privacy, you know. Mm -hmm. I see. So, um, yeah, in, in closing, I guess, um, what do you think um, are the kind of fundamental purposes of um, the lyrics in your music, um, you know, given what we've spoken about um, and more broadly perhaps in a genre like metal? I think they can be what anyone wants them to be, to be honest. Like, I, don't, I hope mm -hmm. that's not like a bit of a cop-out answer, but um, <laughs> I, I just think that uh, uh, if I want them to be meaningful for the audience, if I want them to convey a message, then I can just do that and metal allows me the freedom to do it. I think that if it was pop music, for instance, you, you're going to be absolutely restricted and limited uh, about what you can write about um, because to make it in pop music, you've got to have, you know, big, big labels and they control everything you do and how you look and all that sort of thing. Metal is not about that at all. Metal is about freedom and, um, freedom to, to do and say what you want to say, uh, um, but also the freedom to receive the consequences of that if, if somebody doesn't like it. Mm. Um, so uh, that's, that, that's, I hope that's not too vague. I don't want to be vague there. I just, I just mean to say that anything, with me personally, anything goes. And if I wanted it to be about 
giving messages to people if I wanted it to be about, um, you know, a, a political agenda or anything like that, then I could make it so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the ability that I have to write about anything and that it uh, can just be delivered in a death metal medium, I find that fascinating and amusing. Um, and I'll, I'll continue to, to keep it that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And Stu? I think it, for me, it really depends on what I'm going through when I've written that song. Um, some songs might be a bit more like off the cuff. Um, there's not so much care put into them. Other songs, um, like I say, kind of have written themselves um, without me feeling like I've put too much into it. But then sometimes when I read them back, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That's like, or, you know, a few months might pass and then I'll read them again and, and they'll kind of make more sense, I guess, if, as, if, as I'm processing something that I'm going through. Um, and I'm still processing like the traumas of some of the shit that's gone down um, in my life and here in Christchurch. Yeah, I think like what Stace says, um, a lot of our lyrics are ambiguous, metaphoric, and um, if people can make connections with them in their own way, then and it helps them in some kind of way, then I think that that is amazing and beautiful. And I would just love for that to be happening. And I hope it is. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This has been really fascinating. We um like this went way longer than we expected, and we actually skipped like a large number of our prepared questions because your answers just kind of went off from where we expected this. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with us. This has been, yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. Um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. We haven't taken up too much time. No, no, it's it's later no. where you are than we, we are. So <laughs> apologies to you. Yes, yeah, sorry yeah. for keeping you up uh, this late. No, no, it's okay. It's all right. I'll probably um take the morning off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, thank um, you, thank you so much for having us. We we really appreciate. I'm sure I speak for Stu, but um, thank you very much for having us. Um, we're we're sort of on rolling on the buzz of um, the you know the this album coming out, and we've had a lot of uh, interviews and a lot of uh, reviews, and this is our first sort of, you know, I guess, uh, study. <laughs> <laughs> Um, our first deep dive into the lyrical content that's for sure yeah yeah and and so we've definitely gotten something out of this as well and um so thank you very much for inviting us on and and uh we hope to see the results of uh what you guys come up with do you have uh absolutely we'll keep in touch yeah do you have a do you have tourists coming out any the like the, obviously the new albums come out so like when's your next album is not a good question but are you planning to do uh like the the bubble opened or are you coming down to australia anytime soon we absolutely would love to and we we really hope that it that it can happen definitely yeah um you know it's really uncertain times though you know yeah what, what's happening this week could be completely different <laughs> next week and that mm. makes it really hard in the music industry because you're like how the hell do we plan anything yeah mm. yeah all, all, all over the news today um uh, the the biggest thing going around today is that uh, companies, um, specifically Vodafone, have brought out a new policy today saying that if you work for Vodafone but you choose to go and take a holiday in Australia and then for whatever reason a lockdown occurs and you get stuck in Australia, that they can then fire you for that. So 
Oh. Those, yeah. So now there's yes. like em- employment lawyers getting involved saying that they can't do that and yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty risky for us to like just yeah. pack up and go on a tour around Australia right now. I think we'll probably wait to see. <laughs> <laughs> how the um the vaccine rollout goes before we start booking any of those tickets because we don't want to lose our jobs and <laughs> sounds very sensible. very reasonable given yeah. that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um we're about to you guys based in in australia you're in I'm sydney, sydney. Yeah. i'm in melbourne ah yeah is there a yeah, is, there a, is there a sydney uh accent and a melbourne accent that's distinguishable not super distinguishable. There's like, I don't know, slight differences, but I think the the bigger differences are between like um, Victoria and Queensland or Victoria yeah. and South Australia. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Where's Wiz, accent is significantly different. Yeah, I'm not Australian. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Although, although I will say, um, so I, I have not lived, uh, like lived, lived in the States since I was 22. One, I've been jumping around since then, and I came back to my hometown uh, after living in uh, abroad and in Australia for a while. And I was at my uh, a family member's house, and they were having a party uh, in in my hometown again. And one of his friends came up to me and said, "Hey, where are you from?" And I'm like, literally, <laughs> literally here, like literally a few blocks away. So I guess like th- my accent has changed somehow because people from my hometown now think I'm not from my hometown. So. Uh, no one thinks I'm Australian, but but I guess it, it, something is something has happened over the last decade. <laughs> oh, cool. Just before we finish up, I just wanted to um, get uh, some info that we can give to our listeners about where to find um, any updates on uh, any potential tours in the future, or um, oh. you know, new releases, video clips, all that kind of stuff. Where can we get that? Yeah, Stu's our social media man, so uh, he'll hook you up with it. We're on every social media platform. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on Instagram. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, any kind of merchandise or anything like that you can find on our Bandcamp. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well where we've got a couple of uh, new video clips, which we're really... Twitter. Excited. Yeah. Yeah, we're on Twitter mm-hmm. as well for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, like, we, you know, we've talked a lot about our lyrics tonight and... We really tried to make some of those come alive in a visual medium. So um, we, I, I would recommend checking out those video clips because um, we put a lot of work into them and trying to bring those, uh, you know, those words to life. And we're really proud of it. Yeah, the music video is really cool. I, I liked it a lot. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. We'll add those links in the description to this uh, episode as well so people can find you. Thank you very much. Uh, perfect. That's really, really uh, kind of you. Thank you very much. All right, so yeah, uh, we're um, we're a small team, so it'll take us uh, like uh, around a month or so to get this out. But when we yeah. do, we'll uh, we'll send it to you. We'll send you the link, and we'll show you uh, send you all the the little promotion we'll do, and uh, we'll be in touch as soon as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. No, thank you guys. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, have a good have evening. A good night. Hope you yeah, hope later. you can get the morning off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Keep in touch. <laughs> See you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Lingua Rutalica. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Mm-hmm.